the champion of the bronze medal. I'm Dan Herman, freshly a father, dialing in from his closet. Is our good friend BDC. How's it going, my dude? It's good. It's good. I uh, I upgraded my recording studio, I guess you would say, with a gaming headset because I lost my AirPods. So oh, no. <laughs> Don't know where they went. <laughs> Coming to a special falling knife batch near you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In a fermenter. Totally cool. <laughs> Third best pod is old-fashioned bar arguments about a range of topics from movies, music, food, and anything else that's worth debating. But we're not going to be debating things at their best. We're going deep on those flawed examples that we love so much. For example, it's pretty boring to learn that somebody thinks Lionel Messi is the best soccer player ever. Who the third best player is leads to a much more exhaustive debate. Ideally, you spend some time thinking about what your choices would be, listen to the pod, re-engage with our picks, and finally acknowledge in your heart that Buzz is your friend and not your enemy. At the least, you swear at Siri when you ask her to unsubscribe from the feed. We've known our guest today since she was first eligible for a driver's license, and she's become quite an amazing young woman in that time. Uh, she's an ex-Tillian, an original FKer for exactly one shift. She was going to come on for Food Month February, but Jeremy's sudden entrance in the world threw off our schedule. I'm sure she's going to yell at me for not using her nickname, but instead referring to her by her full name. Welcome to Third Best Pod, Chloe Rich. Hello. Yeah, that is that is a first coming from you, not getting the nickname. I love it. It's, it's yeah. a professional environment here. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're professional and we got to, you know, move on from, from, from you being 16. You're a, you're a grown ass person now. Yep. The whole time Dan and I talked about this, you were referred to as your nickname though. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's, I, I fully accept it. And with a topic like this, it just kind of plays into it even more. Right. Oh yeah. In our hearts, but not on our podcast. Yep. Uh, Dan, before we, we talk about the uh, topic that we're doing today, mm-hmm. I wanted to just congratulate you on being a father. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's, yes. Yeah, it's a very on theme with with today's topic, so I think it works out. <laughs> yeah, well. no, he's been a pretty perfect gentleman, other than causing Catherine's uh, blood pressure to spike in order for him to get out of the womb. Oh, that's fine. He just wanted out. I yeah, he's it. like, dude, it's negative forty out. Let's do this shit. <laughs> yeah, this this is where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like the films, I feel like this topic that we're talking about today is going to invoke some strong emotions in everyone. BDC, what are we doing today? Oh, we're talking the third best Pixar movie. And y'all, this is hard. (laughs) This is one of the hardest subjects that we've talked about. I hated writing this list. (laughs) This, this was a list that took multiple different ways of figuring out how to make this list personally. Uh, I don't know about y'all. There was a lot of, lot of rewatching, a lot of uh, different bracketing, a lot of uh, organization, rewriting, friend asking, it was, it was a tough one. Chloe sent us a bracket that she made. Um, that was pretty fucking great. I honestly had to catch up on a couple of them. I didn't go see any of these more recent Pixar films in the theater, which is generally where I've encountered them. Because I feel like Pixar films are worth seeing in the theater. I had to go watch for the first time Coco, Onward, Soul. Uh, I had actually not even seen Toy Story 4, which has maybe the funniest sequence in all of Pixar films where Ducky and the bunny are making the plan to get the key from the lady. Fucking amazing. I was dying. I was dying laughing so much. It's maybe, it's maybe the third best key and peel sketch. Is that on its own? Key and peel fucking killed it in that. They killed it in that. Yeah. Dan, I just imagine you as like a drunk, huge human being in a theater filled with children and you're seeing a Pixar movie and now like you have a kid. So you're just going to be a drunk, huge human being, (laughs) but with a child seeing a Pixar film in theaters. So (laughs) the kid is now the excuse to continue to go see those movies and not, you know, look like a six foot 10 giant. As long as Catherine's driving, I can pocket flask any film I want to see. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just put it in the diaper bag now. <laughs> Chloe Rich, what is the third best Pixar film? This was debated personally up until about 20 minutes ago, but I'm going with the original, the Toy Story. Ah. She uh, says that she throws a Pizza Planet hat on. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it's wearing a Pizza Planet, Planet shirt. shirt. I've got going too. Oh, man. Beautiful. <laughs> I 
had to go Toy Story on this one. It was one that actually was hopping around for a while for me. I originally, this was hard narrowing it down to top seven movies. And sometimes Toy Story didn't even make that list until I realized this was the movie that started it all. This was the movie that got me into Pixar. This was the movie my brothers had fucking Toy Story themed bedroom. Like the floor and walls were painted to look like outer space for Buzz Lightyear. Uh, I wanted to be Jesse growing up. Toy Story is the one that I will always go back to. But there have been better Pixar movies released since. What I was going to say is, so having just finished watching Toy Story 4 last night, I'm really impressed with there being a consistent quality to them. It's like the anti-cars where all of the cars films suck. And these are like the opposite end of the spectrum where they're all really very good. It's, it was really hard to even just rank the four Toy Story films. This could have just been third best Toy Story film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It does. They do kind of get drawn out, but there's so much content that they could do with that story and with those characters that it makes total sense that they would just keep going with it. And it doesn't feel stale. You know, it doesn't ever feel like it's just kind of a reworking of the story. No, for sure not. Uh, And I learned in research for this that Toy Story 2 was completely redone in the final two weeks. It was supposed to be one of those Disney direct-to-video releases. Really? And the, the producer was like, no, I think we actually have something here. And like shit out the rest of the script. And they put it all together in like a matter of weeks in order to make it. And it's impressive what? because it's a really good film. It is, what? That's... It is, in my opinion, the best sequel ever. Wow. Is, and that might be that might be sacrilegious. There's a lot of sequels out there, but there uh, are I mean... not a lot of fantastic sequels out there. Yeah, allow me to introduce you to a film called Empire Strikes Back, but that's just me. Yeah, let me let me also introduce you to Mad Max, uh, <laughs> to the end of the Mad Max series. So. <laughs> Uh, I hear it. I hear you. But there's something about Toy Story 2. You're wearing a, a Toy Story shirt and a Toy Story hat. like, And not yeah. even like a just a Toy Story themed one. It's like a deep dive in. <laughs> yeah, there so, is, you know. You got the merch. Everyone's dream to be a Pizza Planet delivery person. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, just talking about like built-in universes. Have you seen the thing where Spike becomes a Rocket Pizza delivery person? Or the fan theory that's him? No, no. The fan theory is that he's the trash. He's the garbage man. Oh, right, right, right. Because he gets respect for it. But the oh, so it's in Monsters Inc. where uh, the there's Rocket Pizza delivery, but it's not really called out. Yep, yep. It's in so the that delivery vehicle is in every Pixar movie. Nice mixed into it. It's like an Easter egg in every movie. That the thing about Spike that I like, I don't. I I love Spike. I think Spike is rad. He's Spike, my like, mom's he, favorite character. He's like, he's so creative. Look at Yeah, him. he reduces, reuses, right? recycles. Yeah, he's yeah. recycling everything, right? And so everybody's like, ah, oh, look, he got his comeuppance now that he's the garbage man. And it's like, do you know, garbage workers, sanitary workers make a, a good money. Like, yeah. they make good money. And why is that a bad thing? So I love Spike. I think he's great. So I had Toy Story 1 as my second best. It's great. I mean, it starts the whole thing off. It starts all of Pixar off. It gives them the ability to go do the other things that they wanted to do. I don't really like Tim Allen very much, but Tom Hanks as Woody is pretty great. John Ratzenberger. Like, there, there's a pretty awesome cast in there. Fuck it, Don Rickles. You got no, Don right? Rickles in there? Like, yep. Also not a Tim Allen fan, but this was the height of Tim Allen's work. This was Home Improvement. This was Santa Claus. This is... <laughs> This is, he doesn't get any better. You don't think the best Tim Allen movie was Jungle to Jungle? <laughs> Ooh. I think Tim Allen's best work is smuggling drugs into the country, so. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Toy Story, obviously it creates this universe, but also it really just changed things. I remember it coming out, you know, I, I was mm-hmm. 12 years old, maybe it was trying to be a little too cool for this, but you saw it and all the emotions were there and I remember it and couple of years ago my mom had me come out to her storage unit she lives in california now but she has like a storage unit here to like keep stuff around 
And she made me go through my fucking toys and be like, what do you want to keep? What don't you want to keep? I was like, mom. <laughs> oh, no. This is it. There are four movies about this. I got to go talk to my therapist. The fuck? <laughs> that was Toy Story 3 for me. Was It came out the same year that I was leaving for college. So I was Andy's age. So to like watch him go through the same shit that I was going to was just like... And now I'm a mess in the theater surrounded by six-year-olds. Well, and someone convinced me that the scene with the trash compactor or the the trash burner was the last scene of the movie. They're like, oh my God, the last scene of the movie is going to make you cry really hard. And I didn't realize that they didn't mean that scene. I was like, what a fucking awesome and terrible way to end this series. Can you imagine if that was the end of Toy Story? Was everybody just holding hands and getting fucking burned? That'd be amazing. It's a brilliant ending there. That's a brilliant at damn. The That's Russian crazy. ending right there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, no closure whatsoever. No. Ben, where do you have a uh, Toy Story one on your list? As someone with the hot takes that likes Burger King fries, it's pretty it's it's lower down on my list. Is it the highest Toy Story? No, I think Toy Story 2 is better. Mm. I was going to say I had Toy Story 2 up there like in my mm-hmm. top 2 for a very long time. Yeah, I think it's a better movie than the first one. I think it's probably because Pixar got a little bit better at making films. They had more of a budget. The characters were so comfortable with being the characters that they were able to like give in to that. At least like the actors were, you know. And here's my hot take. I actually have Toy Story 2 below Toy Story 3. Again, oh. everything between 3 and 11, there's really strong cases for any of them to move anywhere else. Like, it's really yeah. broken out into tiers. Probably even Toy Story 1 being in that, like, second tier. I think there's one movie that's well above it that we'll talk about in a minute. But 2 through 11, you know, I'm talking Toy Story 1 through Toy Story 4 is is a strong, strong set of films. And in there is Incredibles, Up, Ratatouille, Inside Out, and my third best, which is Monsters, Inc. Nice. So Monsters, Inc. is my second, but I want to hear why it's the third best for you. I just love the story. It's really creative what they did there. It doesn't follow the typical quote-unquote Pixar path where there's like such a, a chase and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't really get lost in any of the subplots. But really, that movie rests on the shoulders of Billy Crystal and John Goodman. And they, I don't think there's a better duo in the entire Pixar world than those two working together on that story. It's just kind of perfect. And Boo, I mean, I don't think there's a better, you know, nonsensical character in any film. And I love the, the story about how they literally just followed a kid around with a microphone and then fixed it in post. And that's how they got what her lines were. God, that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, those two voice actors, like Billy Crystal and John Goodman. I, John Goodman's like a, a national treasure for me. He's insane. And he's got such a, a soothing voice in this movie. And I think this came out when I was 11. It was the first Pixar movie where I watched it and I was like, oh, I, I get the adult humor in it. This is a movie that everybody can enjoy in the family. It's not just a, a kid's movie. They have this like friendship that the movie is just based on and it's so good it makes me all mushy inside i love it every time i watch it even the second monster university is really good yeah but Mon- I think- monsters think is so good that monsters university is watchable. yep it's, it's like it it's like good, anchorman though, but- and anchorman 2 anchorman yeah. 1 is so good that i will watch anchorman 2 if it comes on like tnt <laughs> and i'm at a bar <laughs> i would say monsters university is better than that but then anchorman 2 yeah. That's not a yes. bold statement, just for the record. That is an anti-hot take. I know, I know. It's probably a regular take, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Normie. You're a normie now. Yeah. I love that Billy Crystal's character's name was Mike Wazowski. Yep. Like, they have regular human-ass names. I think it's super funny. And he, is he a Polish dude? Is he just a fast-talking Polish dude from New York? <laughs> Who knows? Sure. I just think it's so funny that that, that was it. And that the world-building of that is great. And really Pixar films in that like first and second tier for me don't only rely on the story. They've also got really good visual gags. And when Sully thinks that Boo is getting crushed in the trash compactor, that's hilarious. His reactions are amazing and nothing is said. And I think that's really, really powerful film. So my thing with Monsters, Inc., which was, it's always been in the tops for me. It is also one of the 
scariest Pixar's. We talked about the mm. trash scene in Toy Story 3, which, oh my God, you thought that they were going to die right there. Monsters, Inc. has consistent crab man boss, like crawling up the walls yeah. as like a 10 year old. That's nightmare shit. Proto hereditary shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and that evil corporation kind of thing. I like that it's, there's this weird underlying kind of talk about how there's this air quotes, dirty source of energy and the clean source takes a little bit more time and effort to get to it, but, and is way better. I like that undertone. I got that out of the, out of the movie. I don't know if they wrote it like that, but sure. Corporations are evil. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That does segue really nicely into my number two choice. Go on. Which was a little more in your face, hey, corporations and all of this is bad and maybe we should actually start, you know, being green and figuring out our planet. So WALL-E is my far and away number one. I think it's on its own tier. It is visually Mm. stunning. The storytelling of it is amazing. Really, really incredible characters. Really doesn't rely on a ton. WALL-E and Evie, like, that's pretty much 90% of the dialogue in the fucking film. Again, that like visual storytelling that they do so well with is is exemplified here. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but as far as opening sequences in any Pixar film, that's really one of them that's up there with, mm-hmm. sorry to use it, but like with Up, you know, like the way that that movie sets everything up is so incredible. Oh, it's crushing. It's the crush. That movie is crushing in the first five minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. so good, but it's so crushing. Wally and Up are four and five, and I think they're interchangeable just because of how good they are and how different they are as well. The thing for me with Up, when I was kind of reanalyzing this, I thought it would be a lot higher when I really put a, a, a ranking to it. Mm-hmm. But if you think about that, that movie, you really pretty much only think about that first sequence. Yep. And then there's a lot of not a lot. And then there's the like Doug the dog. It doesn't validate its length. Again, great movie. All of this, again, I, I know that everybody's gonna like throw their phones against the wall when we start talking about, about Pixar stuff, but just because I have it ranked like eighth or ninth doesn't mean I don't like it. I'm just talking about compared to really when yep. they're when they're on their stride, crushing it, up doesn't stand up to you know scrutiny in the way that a Monsters Inc. or a Wally or Ratatouille do. Yeah. It's not gonna dad joke there already, so you're already there. You're getting there. This isn't the first one that I've heard from you so far, but no, I'm working on them. Zay, you're cementing it now. Break out those khaki shorts while you uh, while you mow the lawn. Yep. As I said, though, like Monsters Inc. Three, but it really three came down to really three different films, and so Ben, I'm interested in yours to know if if third best is any one of these three films. Uh, it's not. I think the third best Pixar movie is Coco. I noticed with all three of mine, the world building is a big thing. I'm a fucking fantasy sci-fi nerd and the world building any in any form of that is blows me away. I play D&D. I love that shit. And I live with my roommate's kid, Clementine, who is four. And she loved this movie growing up. And so I had never seen it all the way through. I've seen it. I had seen it a hundred times in parts. You know, you watch the first, you know, 10 minutes and then she gets cranky and she wants to do something else. And then I sat down and watched it all the way through. I love it. I love the weird, like the alambres, the dream animals. I love the the fact that it talks about the afterlife and it's actually talking about the afterlife and, and connection to family with children because we don't really talk about that with children. And I feel like that's, it bucks the American way of just kind of not dealing with it. And it's taking it from, you know, the Mexican point of view, which is so steeped in tradition. And the music is, it's just bangers. They're bangers. It's stuck in my head. I know like most of the words to all of them and I will still sing them randomly. So Coco was in my number two up in, like when I changed the at last minute, Coco was the one that I was like. So here's my Burger King fries moment. It didn't really grab me very much. I, I was watching it and granted, you know, new kid, a lot of things going on in the world right now for me, but I, I didn't, I, I thought the Alhambra's were really excellent. I thought the, the, the graphics were really very good. The story didn't necessarily grab me very much. It, it felt like an imposed conflict that didn't resonate with me. And I, maybe that's because I did grow up in such a musical family and, and I just can't imagine anybody ever being like, no, fuck you, no music ever, you know? And I understand sure. that's family shit and you got to live by family's rules. 
but that didn't seem like a very strong motivation to the villain kind of stuff or like the implied villain in there. There isn't really a villain in it either. It isn't very easy to pick out who the who necessarily the villain is until you get two thirds of the way through the film. Until then, you're kind of like, oh, your grandma's the bad person. I'm like, I don't really like the idea of somebody's grandma being well, I, the worst part of it. I don't view it as the grandma. I think the villain is this like belief of something and being kind of the black sheep within the family of wanting to learn something that is so against something else. I think it resonates with me because I come from a family that is, you know, I'm a third generation immigrant from a Jewish family from the Eastern Europe side of things. I have tattoos and a nose ring and I didn't go to college and, you know, two of my uncles are lawyers and they, you know, I'm not, not doing the normal thing that, that my family has done. And so I, I have gotten a lot of slapbacks for that from family, especially within my grandparents' age and generation. And so seeing a movie where it then becomes okay and, and someone is okay with it and they deal with it really resonates with me, I think. Mm-hmm. I could see why it's not huge on a lot of people's lists also. So. Yeah, I mean, I think people love it. I just, I, it didn't grab me immediately and maybe I need to spend more time with it. Uh, and I'm sure that over the next wow. of, of, of Remy's life, it's going to be a good amount of watching all these Pixar films. But I think that's another thing that, speaks to the strength of Pixar films is there's so many ranges of things going in there and it connects with so many emotions that you can go and find what really, really drives down for you. So the the aforementioned three movies that I kind of all had in line for third best were Monsters Inc. Obviously, I think I ended up with that as my pick, but really it could have been Inside Out very, very easily. I mean, Riley's from Minnesota. That whole family's from Minnesota. I saw that license plate and I was like, oh shit, I know this one. And then just like that age, you know, was really, really difficult for me without, you know, laying down on the couch and talking about it too much. But like my family, you know, situation was transitioning quite significantly. I was a fat kid. You know, there, there wasn't a lot of really excellent stuff going on in that moment. So just like being able to work through and seeing all those emotions. Plus it's got some like amazing jokes in it. Uh, Lewis Black as anger is incredible. And just, I remember being in that moment as a preteen and somebody says something and it's just like, nope, fuck you, you know, like lose your fucking mind about stuff. And I really like the like payoff and resolution to that movie as well another candidate for third best was ratatouille and when i went through and looked at like people ranking pixar movies overall this ended up really really low on the list for a lot of people and i think that's insane i think Patton oswald gives such an incredible performance uh as remy the rat in in this movie that i don't know how you can like stare away from that screen plus it allowed pixar to keep doing this in the middle of this, they were in a fight with Disney about distribution rights and they were actively seeking somebody else. And it allowed them to go to the table with some strength and go, no, we just made Ratatouille do this. Yeah. And plus, I mean, having worked in restaurants and not obviously in that back of house side, if I had a, a rat manipulating my hair, maybe I'd be a better chef, but <laughs> my knife skills would improve. But no, I, I think those three are really kind of like incredible and in their own tier. And you could probably talk me into any of them being in that second place where Toy Story 1 is too. That was my thing as I was researching was that everyone had completely different lists. Like this idea that all these movies resonate so differently and even on like a day-to-day basis, but reached out to 10 people and got 10 different answers. Like there was everything, like Brave made some people's lists. Incredibles made a ton of lists. I had like, yeah, Toy Story 2 is here versus Toy Story 2 is here. Like it is the full range. Yeah, and I was surprised with, again, how low Brave was in a lot of lists. I thought Brave was a really, really good movie. And I thought the the critique on it was really impressively bad, I guess I would say, where at least one of the lists was like, oh, it felt like a reaction to being called out for not having a strong female character more than it was actually making a strong female character. And I was like, I don't know, I think Merida was really good. I think Merida was a really interesting and complex character. I liked Brave. I, it's not very high up on my list, and I just it just didn't resonate an, a ton with me. It felt like it was lacking a little bit in some of the feels. I understood. When you get down to it, a lot of Pixar movies are all about acceptance. I feel like that's something that they hit you over the head with constantly. And I think that it was just kind of forced this weird acceptance of like, oh, you're not like 
the mom, you know, the fight is with the mom, not with the dad. And you're, you know, you're putting this whole kind of like princess thing on its head, which I really enjoyed that, but I felt like it was a little forced, but uh, do you all know the, the conspiracy theory that the witch from brave is actually boo from, from monsters Inc and how she's traveling from different like timelines. And stuff yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I mean, it's also, this is hard because all of these movies are really good. There isn't a movie that I, you know, that I wasn't super into besides the car stuff, yeah. which. <laughs> all of the research I had had two movies at the bottom, Cars 3 and The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, and I never I never even saw The Good Dinosaur. I'm not going to lie. I didn't look at it. Maybe I'll watch it and I'll come back on another episode and be like, this is the best fucking movie ever made. This is this is my Citizen Kane, but. You and nobody else. You and nobody else watched <laughs> yeah. that movie. Good dinosaur. So I, I, I forced myself. I and I say forced myself. It was one of those where every aspect of it felt like watching a toddler's TV show. Mm-hmm. Like every sure. every part of it, I was like, I might as well be watching fucking like Sesame Street, and I would be happier. Sure. The East Coast Muppets, as somebody that had previously been on this podcast would say. Yeah. that's all i can think about come on fashbaugh <laughs> chloe third for you is the original toy story second for you is second for me was wally and that that was a hard one because it has been flopping for number one uh sure. but i finally pegged down my number one as ratatouille nice ah. that was like flipping a lot uh, all day until Ryan was like, Chloe, you talk about Ratatouille all the time. (laughs) Like this is a movie that I subconsciously will reference just all the fucking time. Uh, I downloaded fucking TikTok like a heathen youth because they were working on like an entire goddamn Ratatouille the musical. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. It's beautiful. Dan, you kind of touched on the working in restaurants thing where it's like, even though that is not it, it is also exactly it. I mean, they got the French brigade system down pat. Right. <laughs> I mean, the cooks have burns on their arms yeah. and they, they are pronouncing things like they should be pronounced and they're doing things like they yeah. should be doing. So like they got they track definitely... marks between their fingers. They got... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They get drunk, you know, every yeah. night. What I like the most about that is they go through the different like cooks in the kitchen and they all talk about their different like weird, mysterious backgrounds, which yeah. is hilarious to me because that's exactly what happens when you start cooking in restaurants. My first is is a little bit controversial. This is my Burger King fry moment, I guess. Number two, part two. Ah, uh, and it's not Ratatouille, which I'm sure everybody's like, "What the fuck? You have like you have a steak tattooed on your body, and you love you were a cook for 12 years." I love Onward. I think I yep. It is an easy number one for me. There's a lot of issues with, like Dan said, getting into a therapist chair about like finding a father figure in in other people and especially like siblings or people close to you, which is like the main theme of that fucking movie. And I, again, love D and D and I'm a nerd and there's so many like Tolkien references in it. There's so many weird metal references in it. Uh, Barley is a metal head. He wears a fucking denim vest with patches all over it. And he would probably smoke a joint with me in his van and listen to like the weird obscure thin Lizzie tracks. So we, I, I love that movie. We have all at one point been in Barley's van. <laughs> yeah. I say one like it wasn't like fucking 2008 through 2013. Yeah, yep. <laughs> ben, it, as we talked about, you know, what we were to go over this episode, uh, you specifically did tell me to go watch Onward, which I probably wouldn't have otherwise because of its place on these lists that I had Pay a little attention to uh, after kind of form my first list. That's kind of why I told you to watch it because I was like, I don't think he's gonna watch it. Like I was, I I watched it because it was a new movie out during quarantine, and it was like, let's keep Clem, you know, let's get Clem into something. Yeah, I kind of knew, I kind of knew it was gonna be D and D based, so I was like, maybe this is this is the seed starting. (laughs) (laughs) And in watching it, it completely makes sense to me that this would be really high on the list for you, and that's one of the things that I like. 
that's the bar argument conversation part of this podcast is like, yep. you know, it's, it's how it's what you take into it and what you get out of it is, is really why you can appreciate media in specific ways. You know, I, I didn't have that, you know, I spent my time yep. in my, in my teen years, I played magic, the gathering. I won some tournaments, dreamers over in Nolwood mall, but yeah, I know all about dreamers. I tried playing riffs a couple times. I tried getting D and D and like, I got, I didn't get the structure enough. Maybe we didn't have a good enough DM in order for us yeah. to like really, really figure that out. Cause it was mostly just me and I didn't understand exactly what we were doing. So I didn't go that path very far, but everything you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, searching for that father figure kind of elements. And then, you know, it being D and D when I watched that, I saw Bentley and I was like, Oh fuck Ben. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally it's the first three letters of his name. You are, you are that. And that's what really, maybe that, that turned me <laughs> off to that film is because I like Chris Pratt a lot sometimes. And yeah. other times I find him completely intolerable. And yes. this was a situation where it was Chris Pratt playing Chris Pratt uh, and not even playing Chris Pratt, playing Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec. And so, yeah. oh, totally. He's yeah. like the big, goofy golden retriever of a human being idiot. Like, right, right. And, yes. and yep. as a big, goofy golden retriever of a human being, when somebody doesn't do it well, it really fucking pisses me off. Yep. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it last time or if I was just talking with somebody else about this, but uh, one of the things that terrifies me the most is when a friend of mine goes, Oh, you have to meet my other friend. They remind me of you. Oh no, I, I, hate, that. That. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> and you meet that person. <laughs> you meet that person setting it up and, for failure. And they suck. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. do I suck? And like it yeah. it's this existential <laughs> meltdown for a while. And it's like, no, no, no. I get it. I, you know, I'm firmly team BDC, so I didn't like Bentley. That's I guess where I'm going with this. I get that. Um, I'm fine with that. And and I will gladly be your father figure at any time that you need me to. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, he like, and I wrote that in my notes too. I said, what did I say? I said, uh, if you've met me or know me, it makes total sense why I love this movie. Yeah. So it, yeah. I completely get it. I get why. And it just, I wanted Bentley. It's like when you want Luke Skywalker to be the coolest and he's not it's fucking han solo and so i wanted bentley to be this fucking or bar barley it's barley it's barley yeah. it's oh no it's yeah. also sid not bark or Spike? <laughs> damn it fuck fuck well actually <laughs> <Idiots>. this <laughs> this is like last week in burgers uh i said that there was a carl's jr on the northwest corner of campus yeah it's no, a jack-in-the-box it's a jack in the box. It's a jack in the box. It's the DUI one. Oh, God. And all my Arizona friends lit me up. They're of like, you've they been did. gone too long, you piece of shit. This is it a, was a yeah. fucking jack in the box because you could get tacos. There wasn't a Southwestern, you know, San Francisco melt. I was like, oh, God, you're right. And you're all the reason why I left the place. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, he, like, that performance, I'm also that way with Chris Pratt. I like him sometimes. He's also the way of tim allen weird sneaky conservative christian dude like i yeah I'm not into that he plays that idiot really well but when he doesn't play it well it's kind of annoying and he didn't he didn't need to what i do like about that is that it's like he's kind of barley's like a fuck up right so he's he's this fuck up that nobody really thinks can actually do anything and then he has this skill set that he's like hey but i know how to do all this stuff I watched them protest the like tearing down of the ancient stuff. And I was like, Oh, fucking Bendicamp. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. I will to his character. He made D and D exactly as cool as D and D is. Yeah. It's I am a five E barbarian, like hobgoblin every Friday. Yep. yep. And like, I was like, Oh, that's what I sound like. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Barley. Dan's, Dan's eyes are glazed over. He's like, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I played Ultimate Frisbee at a high level, so I have no like glass house <laughs> shit over here. I've collected comic books for a very long time. I don't think I've ever heard, I don't even think I've heard Ultimate Frisbee and high level spoken in the same sentence before. So this is high level, bro. Whoa, throw it to your dog. Fuck I love off. Fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, it's not. It's not high level until you can do a disc in at a house party. Yeah, we've talked just, about this. It fits a picture, and people don't believe it. 
and I want to prove it to them by making them chug a disc of Tom's. Does oh it really? God. I'll do that. Do it. <laughs> I'll do that for the gram. It's, but it, it's it a is. skill set. It's a skill set to be able to drink out of a disc. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. If you include the meniscus, because if you turn too fast, then you're yeah, wearing then you're tongs. It's all, over yeah, it's all over you. Yep. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Do you think you um, can drink a frisbee in six seconds though, rather than the seven seconds for a crawler? No, it's talking no, about. I can, I can, I can shotgun beers. I can't chug beers. I don't know what that. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of chug, but I can't. Shotgunning is fine because it's forcing its way down me. <laughs> like I've got to somehow get, yeah, yeah, I know. It's a weird one. But <laughs> phrasing? Can I go yeah. phrasing on that one? Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. There it is. <laughs> yep. Yes, you can. I'm like, there's a, that's what you said in there somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. When I was going through and building the list, obviously you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be this and it's going to be this. And you just start going through and building it out. And you're just, I was just like shocked with how far down the list some of these movies were. I was, was like, up for me. Up Finding Nemo is lower than I thought it would be. Finding Nemo is kind of low for me too. I used to really love it. And then I remember watching it. I think it doesn't age as well as, as you want it to. I don't know. It, I didn't feel compelled to watch Finding Dory in preparation for this one. I felt okay with skipping that guy. It's So Finding Dory is practically the same movie. It is like they even joke about the fact that it is Marlon doing the same fucking shit. But when you work with children, they're like, you haven't seen it? Finding Nemo was lowered on my list only because Finding Dory brought it down. Oh, really? Oh, it did. interesting. That story I have, though, for Onward, which we've all probably have stories about crying at a Pixar movie. <laughs> so Jet Simon's sister, Vivian, was over watching, we were watching Onward because we watch it a good amount of the time here because I'm a nerd and I force Clem to watch it. And we were watching it and I look over and Vivian, it's at the end and I won't do any spoilers, but it's at the end and, and Vivian is bawling, like bawling. And and I know for a fact she's seen this movie multiple times and she she's fucking bawling. And I'm like, Vivian, are you crying? And Jet sees it. And Jet looks over and he starts like hamming it up. He's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, oh, look, they're hugging. And she just like, every time he would say that, it just hit her so hard in the heart. She was just like, oh, like wailing. I'm talking fucking just tears streaming down her face. And I saw that and I was like, damn it. Like, I, I want to do that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I have that emotion? <laughs> so I feel that way about Inside Out. Like I saw Inside Out and I just, in the theater, six, seven, at that point, I was probably like hands. 75. Yeah. Brought it. We actually snuck a four pack of, of Furious into the into the place for it. It's Weston. Oh, yeah. They don't give a fuck. Oh, my oh, God. You cough and open a beer and you call it good. Like, I don't know that that all just hit so hard. And, and that's the thing. That's the thing about all of these movies is they do hit hard and they will play your heartstrings to the max. I mean, again, I'm not sure there's a more difficult sequence to watch in any film that i can think of than the beginning of up yeah it fucking crushes you it crushes you so hard yeah it crushes you so hard if that was a short if that was just it it would be one of the best shorts ever made right yeah it's yeah. that's that's where i was with up is that's why i was shocked it was so low because i was like if it were just that married life sequence uh-huh. that would be fucking number one that is the top yeah fucking scene that's we kind of talked about like booze no dialogue and that's like same thing with wally but like married life there's no just that emotional like Mm. fluctuating music and like yeah it's oh right right in the feels i'm trying to think of any ones that i have that we haven't talked about i i Uh, love the incredibles i was about to say the incredibles which was also fluctuating as my number one Mm, interesting yeah. It, why, uh, why, Incredibles two, hmm? Incredibles why is two, not so much, but Incredibles one, I don't, and I don't know what it was. It's why it dropped off my list, but inherently, like I was like Incredibles. It's the one that I will always go back to. I fucking love this movie. Give me badass, like superhero, like kind of in the comic book world, like before all of the Marvel kind of took over. Kick ass superheroes. Uh, love the family dynamic, beautiful movie, and plot twist villain. One of my absolute favorite Pixar villains. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That is really one of the examples of, I thought it would have been higher for me and it didn't end up because I do enjoy living in that world as a comic book dude where superheroes are, it kind of did a thing that Onward then did later, which is this thing exists, but we're kind of away from it for a while. I thought that that was an interesting, like first five minutes of Onward. I'm not shitting on your film here, by the way, Ben, like it was a good movie. Damn it. No, yeah. that's fine. But that's fine. <laughs> But the, uh, but like interesting premise. And then it kind of like lost itself for a little while. And I think that uh, Incredibles kind of did the opposite. I think that it built pretty well. And then I thought it kind of loses itself at the end versus Onward, which gets a different path where I think that Onward becomes incredibly strong in the last two thirds or last third of the film. But there's that like middle third where it kind of lost me. I don't think it does. I think it just like created such a good modern world with D&D mixed in and weird fantasy shit mixed in that you lose you lose yourself into that world. So it just becomes like, oh, this is just a normal setting when it's just there's these tiny things that are like he's he's got a D20 dice patch, you know, like no one's going to fucking know what that is unless you play D- D&D. There's like a weird, uh, there's a fast food restaurant. It says now serving second breakfast. Like, and I know it's like dumb, cheap kind of jokes, but they're thrown in there, but they're so, it's mixed in so well that I think you get lost in the world where you're like, oh, this is just a normal movie. Right. Incredibles. I was shocked how low on that list that was. Hmm. It's in the like Toy Story 3 to Finding Nemo realm for me. Yeah. yeah. The, the music for the Incredibles is like one of the best Ooh, Pixar so musics good. though. I love I love the music in that. Also, Mama's got some incredible cakes, just like all Pixar films where everyone's got the dumps. Dump truck ass. That's like my favorite. That's one of my favorite memes. It kills me every time. I can someone can show that to me and I will laugh at it yeah. still. Every I'm giggling about it now. Nobody, not a single person, nobody else. Yeah. All moms should have dump truck asses in Pixar films. It's like fuck me. So I love, there's also the whole uh, like conspiracy theory, like Elastigirl's ass, if her whole superpower is that she can like stretch and adjust herself, she turns herself into a fucking boat. So she has to be giving herself that just like thick two C's, like smackable ass, right? Like that is just her own accord. I just wish Mr. Fantastic would do that from Fantastic Four. He's fucking caked out, dude. Like, what are you doing? He has the capability. Just give the people what they want. Listen, we don't know what the Richards family does in their own uh, bedroom. That's true. That's very true. So having just watched Toy Story 4, aside from the amazing sequence with Key and Peele about the key, where the fuck did Bo Peep get the skunk carcass? We didn't really talk about this enough. Oh, we didn't really talk about that. She is very clearly capable of murder and hand-to-hand combat. I think she fucking killed that skunk, skinned it, and put it over an RV. She has to have. She has blood on her hands and gives zero fucks about it. There's no no second thought. If she needs another skunk, she will go get one. She is not afraid to kill again. Also, did she like cure? It seems like it probably didn't stink. I mean, they're toys, so they probably don't know. But like, I feel like if you saw a skunk that was just rotting and nasty, you'd be like, oh, get that fuck, like pick it up, throw it away. Yeah, she like knocked it out, extracted its gland, and then (laughs) murdered it. Yeah. Cured the hide, stretched it over an RV. She is, I mean, I'm both aroused and terrified, which (laughs) those are tied together. She's Hannibal Lecter. And also has dump trucks. Like, she's got it in that film. She's there. When she takes that skirt off, you're like, okay, okay, all right. I see what you're doing there. (laughs) Hate to see you leave, but I love to watch you go, Bo Peep. In your fucking skunk mobile. (laughs) God damn it. I didn't even think about that until now. I, wow! Last night, I'm just telling you, I was watching it. And I was like, "Well, that's a questionable thing that happened." <laughs> Not that these toys are like waking up and talking. That's no, I accept that. The fourth no. Toy Story now. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the aforementioned right. wombat. My uh, my college roommate. We would go see a movie, and he would be like, "Oh, the gravity on that planet's all wrong. 
there's two sons, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's me. That's that's your loss of suspension of disbelief is the sons don't create the right yeah. gravity. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's me. Anytime there's like an explosion in space, I'm like, it wouldn't sound like anything. Yeah. Like, a three, <laughs> space is a vacuum. There's a three-tittied lady. We're focusing yeah. on the wrong thing here, Wombat. There's a three-tittied lady. He's like, you can't breathe on Mars. What are you talking about? <laughs> the radiation alone would kill yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am that. So, Wombat, I completely understand. Then I'm not going to a movie with you ever because I don't think we're ever going to movies again. But that's a different question. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. AMC stock to the moon, baby. AMC yep. stock to the moon. <laughs> we do a thing on Third Best Pod where we ask our guests to bring a lightning round question so that we can make snap judgments and get you even more pissed off at us. Chloe Rich, do you have a lightning round question for us? Uh, of course I do. I have a whole list of them, but I've narrowed it down to this one. You're going on a road trip. What's your snack? What are you What are you grabbing from the shitty gas station at like 11 o'clock at night? Ooh, uh, third best, third best road trip snack. And all I would say is there's a difference between uh, you, Chloe, at 26, and me at uh, at 36, about to be 37. Uh, I leave for road trips at seven o'clock in the morning, not at seven o'clock at night anymore, because I am old as fuck yeah. and lame as shit. I also weirdly do that too now, but <laughs> that's what happens when you turn thirty. Close, yeah. just wait, just just wait a couple <laughs> yeah. of years. Yeah, two day hangovers and early leaving for road trips. Yep, and then your joints are gonna. There's gonna be joint pain, but that's fine. And then in your mid thirties, you're like, ah, it's worth paying to not have any stops on my flight. <laughs> <laughs> I will start with my. I'm gonna work. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go first best. First best is is beef jerky in any form. It's got to be, and this is like a tradition of mine where if I'm driving more than, you know, an hour or two away, I need to have some beef jerky. I even like the shitty one that's like the shredded. It's I mean, it's pork floss in any in any other asian food, but it's it's like the shitty one that come it looks like chew. Yeah, you, you, chew. you you yeah, pop it in like, the in the pocket. Yep, yep, but it's beef. It's just shredded beef. I even like that one. Do you uh, wish that it had fiberglass in it so that the beef could get in you faster? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it in my bloodstream the now. Give me that MSG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any type of beef jerky. I love Slim Jims. I think they're delicious. They're. I don't ever want to know what's in them, and that's fine. Second best. It's tough. Second best, I think, would have to be. Oh man. Wow, I really fucked myself on this one now because now I'm changing it up. Second best is bugles because they're easier to eat and you can load your hands up with them on your fingertips while you're driving and eating them. And I still do that as a fucking 31-year-old about to be 32. Hopefully singular hand, not hands. Hopefully you're not like taking your hands off the wheel to oh, load you know, well, don't I mean, judge, don't it. judge me, Dan. Yeah, I'm not yet what I do. Um, I'm saying from a from a legal <laughs> standpoint, we advocate keeping one hand on the wheel at all times. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't I don't drive be, with my he might be passenger. Oh so no, this is the, are you the driver or are you the passenger? Generally the driver, because I love long drives. No, I I I use my knees. It's fine. Something's something's touching the fucking steering wheel. Don't worry about it. So bugles are number two. Number three, I would have to say. Number three, I think, would have to be caramel M&Ms because they last for a while. You could chew on them. They make your jaw hurt a little bit, but they, they're they not like regular M&Ms where you can't just like down them down the bag in your mouth. So I think I think caramel M&Ms are where it's at for the third best. All right. So I've got uh, third best road trip food is uh, peach rings. Oh, interesting. oh, that's my number two. They are oh. an incredible road trip food. It's the only time you eat them. Nobody actually like goes to the grocery store and buys them to be ready for it. <laughs> number one is going to be Buffalo blue cheese combos. Okay. I almost said combos. That's salty, four. savory, yeah. all the whole thing. It's great. They're kind of dry sometimes too. I yeah, and I'm also going with M and M's as number two, but uh, peanut butter M and M's. Peanut butter M and M's are the best because they are also the most squishable. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Yep. The bugles fingertip thing, but it's uh, it's different ways yep. to work that muscle. Yep, I get that. Peach rings, specifically for being uh, a food. 
I would only discount uh, beef jerky, Ben, for you because it's not just a road trip food. That's true. That's fine. It, but it's the perfect road trip food. This is like yelling at Paul about how fast food needs a drive through. You got to take that out of there because I also will eat that just kind of anytime. I mean, I, I eat it all the time. Chloe, not lightning round for you because you thought of the question. So you must know the answers. Let us know what the real, real order is. All right. So this is where uh, this is a little bit of a hot take for me. Uh, number three is Pringles and not a flavor. I'm talking original salt and potato chip red can Pringles. This ben, is this this is my fucking Burger King fry. Yeah, you don't get to shake your head at this one. You like styrofoam fuck. deep fried. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Uh, this is and, my Burger King so My whole thing is uh, with Pringles, you're on the road. It has a lid. You can fucking shut it when you're not eating it, and it's not going to accidentally like spill and get all over the fucking passenger Chloe. seat of your car. The youth, uh, the youth, the youth of today. You, you're actually closing that thing. You're not eating. You're not housing that entire can of Pringles in oh one no, sitting. I'll, I'll go through half. Well, I can't hose through the whole thing because in my other hand is the peachos. Oh, okay. I got to work faster through the peachos, otherwise they get stale. I like that you call them peachos. <laughs> oh yeah. So Chloe, are you are you usually the driver or the because too handy again? As a legal standpoint, we need to adv- you know advocate that you keep one hand on a wheel while you are driving to Chicago. Yes, definitely. Uh huh. For and, legal reasons, yes. Underrated breakfast food. It's true. Like it's gas really station, good. like the the steam tray, hot hot lamps, really very good. Oh, Chloe's, yeah. Chloe's face, Chloe's face for a minute though was like, Ugh. it's again going to school with a quick trip a little too close, where those steamed breakfast burritos are there at like three in the morning when bar. Oh yeah, yeah. they're as equally delicious at all times, but there is a higher chance that those come up at some point. Oh sure, of course. So, Chloe, you didn't say number one, though. That's true. Uh, my number one is uh, Chex Mix. I will not, I'm not going to eat Chex Mix unless it's on the road. What, what, uh, what flavor? She's, she's uh, no seasoning. It sounds like she's, she's just like, yeah, I feel like just salt. Fucking... Oh. That's it. <laughs> salt? Yeah. No, nah, see, Chex Mix, that's one. I am happy grabbing any of them i will grab the muddy buddies i will grab the fucking cheddar explosion give me like the og give me the like savory combo give me like Chex mix yeah interesting fact muddy buddies was my muddy buddy was my uh high school wrestling name so there it is (laughs) so what is the beverage that you don't drink unless you're on a road trip oh i i know mine I, th- I think I know mine. Mine's weird. Mine's Powerade. Specifically grape. Oh, grape Powerade. Grape Powerade. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh. Sometimes if you're feeling crazy, you get uh, blue, but... I'm a blue... I love blue Powerade. Yeah. I think it's the best flavor, but that's that's another podcast, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, talking memes of... I love there's a good meme about you don't if you know the actual names of those flavors of like Powerade or Gatorade you gotta be a cop no they're like <laughs> you want blue red grape or that uh, one mine is the shitty cappuccinos like the heath bar cappuccinos from the gas station <laughs> i fucking love those it's diabetes in a cup and i fucking i love it it's so good it's so much good. like chloe mine's just red mine is red any of them that's yeah. i guess i'd be interested to know now how much the athletic drink market goes into convenience stores because I cannot fathom drinking one even hungover in my day-to-day life. But on a road trip, I'm just like, yep, I'm getting a Powerade and, uh, you know, an ice cream bar that I would never eat otherwise too. And we're just kind of good. Yeah. Talk about a fucking two-hander, Dan. Talk about a messy thing, an ice cream bar in the car. An ice cream. So he's got an ice cream bar, a drink, and like a full realm of snacks. Who, who's driving, Dan? You guys aren't utilizing your uh, co-pilot well enough. 
I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> My co-pilot is Jesus, guys. So. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. I got to eat my fucking ice cream sandwich. My my road trip gone the worst uh, as far as food goes. Because I think there's certain road, road trip rules that you have to agree to beforehand with everybody that's going to be a passenger. Sure. And one of them is uh, the driver is the most important person in the car. Right. If you're in that role, you, you go from there. If I'm not, if I'm not able to like dexterously put that lid back on that Powerade, the co-pilot should be in that role. Sure. Navigator, yeah. there's there, there's a job to being that second person in the car. Yeah, That's why you get to sit in front, right? Yeah. As I was in the middle of an end of a relationship, she and I decided to drive from Phoenix to uh, San Diego. That was going to be our last little like. Hopefully, we can make this figure it out by getting out of our normal routine that we've all done probably too many times. Wow. Yeah. But one of the things that I have is like, when we hit the road, let's hit the road, you know, like I'll, I'll gladly drive to six different targets to make sure that we have the exact right food that you want. But when we hit the road, we aren't stopping until we have to pee, which is usually got to be at least an hour and a half, two hours post us leaving the trip. You got to get to Madison right before Madison, before you, before you stop the car. We're not stopping in fucking Hudson so that you can get a spotted cow to drink in the car, if that was legal, theoretically. So this girlfriend and I are, are about to leave San Diego, and I was like, cool, like, let's go get some food, and then we're going to take off because the sun's going down, and like we're going to be in the middle of the desert in my old-ass truck, and we got to get back to Phoenix tonight. You know, we can do this in four and a half. That feels really, really precarious because it normally should take you six and a half hours. So uh, it's a six-hour drive. But <laughs> yeah. Everything's a six-hour drive from Phoenix. But in the yeah. desert, you can go as fast as you want because they don't give a fuck. Yes, you can. But I didn't really want to dork around with that too much. We're at Target. We're grabbing some foods, which underrated uh, snack mixes. The Archer Farms snack mixes. All those seasonings, really very good. Spicy barbecue, very good. Anyway, we're leaving and she sees caramel ho-hos and she's like, Oh, I think caramel ho-hos sound delicious. We should get those. I said, fine, grab them. And she didn't, she chose not to. We are literally on the on-ramp to get onto eight to go to Phoenix. And she's like, Oh, I really kind of want caramel ho-hos. Can we stop? And I said, no, I said, no, we like, we have, we have plenty of food. Also that's, it's a niche thing. That's yeah. a niche. You don't just see caramel ho-hos everywhere. No. That's a fucking white whale, I feel like. So they were test marketing the Southwest. So they were they were a little bit. Okay. okay. But but we I was like, no, like we're on an on-ramp. We're going to go. And when we stop to pee in two hours, we can maybe, maybe find them and we can have them then. Sure. And one of the other things I believe about road trips is that you need to cycle music. Driver gets priority, but... You know, if you're if you care about the other people in the car, you're like, oh, I want to listen to this album, and then you get to pick what album you want to listen to, and then you get to mm-hmm. pick what album you listen to, and you want to yep. we go from there. Yeah, yeah. But you Talk don't get you don't get to go backwards. If you're listening to the album, you you play the album, and then you can only skip forward. You can't be like, oh, I want to listen to track eight, then track two, then track eleven. Oh, so no. nobody's got time for that. Chaotic fucking evil. Get that out of there. <laughs> So Play that an was, album from the from the start to the finish. That was the agreement that we had. Was that was yeah. fine. So I get done with my pick, and I say, "Hey, what would you like to listen to?" Don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize caramel ho hos were going to be a fucking problem here. So Ooh. I just pulled the CD out, put it in the visor CD holder that we had because it was 2003. Get done with the second album. Hey, what would you like to listen to? Nothing. Okay. Oh. new CD. We get through four cycles of this. And I was listening to a lot of like hardcore at that moment. So like really four cycles is maybe 40. Like, yeah. I was going to say it's yeah. like 15 minute albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I, I turn down the music and I just say like, Hey, do you want to talk about this? And she said, don't treat me like a fucking child. Uh, huh. Yes, I forgot communication, the the thing that children do. This is where I sound like an asshole. I said, if you don't want to be treated like a child, then don't act like a child. 
And then I felt really bad about it because I was a 22 year old shithead and was slowly addressing all of the things that I needed to address in my life. So next exit, I pull off and I go to the gas station and I grab caramel ho-hos and I walk back as a peace offering. We get back on the highway. We get to the next end of an album. I ask her if she wants to listen to anything. She looks at me, rolls down the window and throws the caramel ho-hos out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking thug life. Damn. What a, like, as much as I love you, what a fucking move on her part. Oh, man. There were not a lot of words said the rest of the time. It's a long four-hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got back to Phoenix. And we broke up. Yeah. You should have filled her dorm room with like a bunch of caramel ho-hos. <laughs> the bouquet of caramel ho-hos. Again, I state that we were on our way out and I was a 22-year-old asshole. But that is that is a unforgettable road trip food story for me. I will tell Jeremy that one as a warning of as much as you think that you are committed to things, do not underestimate women. They are <laughs> also don't under like just don't underestimate your partner. Fucking, right, right. Like, yeah. yeah, don't like also like buy the caramel ho hos. Let someone buy the fucking caramel ho hos. Again, Fuck, if know. it's a peace offering, you buy the caramel ho hos and the ding dongs, my dude. Right. Yeah. No. I, again, buy the star crunch. I thought that we were going with agreed upon rules, and I learned that those rules changed as soon as. Uh, caramel ho-hos were desired. Wow. You win some, you lose some. I just love the power move. Throw those caramel ho-hos out the fucking window. I can't wait for the next beer at Falling Knife. Caramel ho-hos. Oh, yeah. I drink that. Pastry stout. Pastry <laughs> <just> stout. <laughs> hints, of, uh, hints of cinnamon and dulce de leche. And, yeah. and highway tar. And anger. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cool. Oh, fuck. Thank you all for the support and the listens, y'all. We're so lucky to be able to get together with friends and have these silly arguments. If you've enjoyed this episode and have a few dollars to donate, go find an organization that needs help and chip in. Chloe, if they can't think of someone, who should they donate to? There are so many fantastic organizations. I personally work in theater. We have now been closed for a full year. There are so many actors, technicians, so many millions of people across the country who are in need of help. There are great organizations such as the Actors Fund, who is not only donating all of their funds to out-of-work technicians, actors, artists, but they are helping people who have really hit hardships. They are helping people with medical bills because of COVID. They are paying for meals. They are going above and beyond. The other big one that I have besides the Actors Fund is NAMI. As we are coming up to this one year, it is really hard. I know lots of people who have not left their house, who have been doing a really great job of the social distancing, who have been doing an amazing job of quarantining and listening to all the rules and doing it right. And that can be mentally hard. If you are having any issues, reach out to groups like NAMI, reach out to your friends, reach out to your families. It is a hard time, but there is help. And there are people who love you. So reaching out to those organizations like that who can provide the help that a lot of people need is a big deal. Backing that one, your friends, as much as they love and care about you, are not trained mental health professionals. If you are actually in crisis, they can be there for you as much as they can, but really there is a reason there are trained medical health professionals. And uh, NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. Please, 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 if you have some money, give to those two charities. They're obviously very close to all three of us. So if you're able to do so, please donate to them. If you need one of us, Dan or I, personally DM us and we will do it. I know Dan will, even though Dan's got to start saving for for college for his kid. But maybe Uncle Bernie is going to pay for all college at that point. And uh, I don't know. Some of the most wealthy I know are electricians. So, dude. Don't don't ever shame a plumber. No, fuck no. They're doing the work that nobody else wants to do. That's why they get paid so well. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, donate to the Actors Fund so I can produce Ben DeCamp's one-man show on a street corner. Street corner, yep, exactly. <laughs> Please give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook, at third best pod. That's the number three RD best pod. Also recommend us to friends that enjoy dumb arguments, answer questions in our stories when they pop up on social media. Shoot us a message if you've got a topic you'd like to discuss with us. We are on all the major platforms so far. Otherwise, you can listen to us on our website at thirdbestpod.com, 3rdbestpod.com. Thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today and crying all week while watching Pixar movies. I, uh, I know, I know it's tough and also trying to decide on which of the three of the best Pixar movies were the best ones because that's... That's the hardest thing. It was an impossible task. I mean, I, I'm excited to hear what everybody's opinion on this one is going to be because it's no going to be all over the place, just yeah. like uh, a Chloe's family text messages. I can't wait to get yelled at by our friends. Uh, thanks to Ben Granger for the theme song. We love it. I dance every time I hear it. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Good cheers, to see man. You. Give, uh, give Jeremy a little kiss for me. Yeah. Bye, Chloe. Bye. Bye Chloe. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. like if Octomom had to do Sophie's Choice down yeah. to one. Yeah, That's exactly. what this feels like. <laughs>